Thank you very much, Dr. Mandel. It's indeed a, a great schus to be part of this uh, very, very august um, group of speakers this evening, and of course, extending to Tisha B'Av, where there's more speakers. And uh, I've seen this uh, program, and I think I've attended a few times when I used to live here in Brooklyn. I used to actually dive in, in this very shul many times, lived a few blocks away. And, um, and I've always admired the, uh, the amazing uh, Messiris Nefesh that the organizers uh, must have gone through in order to produce such a, a magnificent uh, display of Kvayt Shamayim on these days of Avelos. So I was thinking of what to discuss this evening on Shivasa Betamas, and I want to uh, go through a Gemara that everybody knows. It's arguably the most famous Gemara on Tishabav, and really beginning now during the uh, the Bena Mitzarim period. The Gemara in Gitten on Dafnunhem Abays, which of course. Uh, very interestingly, Dafyaimi, whoever is learning Dafyaimi, will be actually learning this Gemara in just a week's time. As Mayor Shapiro does it again, he, very often he was mechaving uh, the Dafyaimi to the, uh, the Inyana Diyayma, to the matters at hand. And the Gemara says, Akamtsa ubar kamtsa charav Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim was destroyed because of Kamtsa and Bar Kamtsa. Let's just go over the Gemara very quickly. I think we all know it. But there is a person, the Gemara doesn't say his name, who was making a Sa'udah, he's making a party. And he invited many people and he had a messenger that went to invite the guests. And the Gemara says that he had a very good friend by the name of Kamtsa and he had an enemy by the name of Bar Kamtsa. Somehow this shliach, the messenger, mixed things up and he goes and invites Bar Kamtsa, the enemy of this person who is hosting this lavish affair. And I guess Bar Kamtsa was probably a little surprised that he got the invitation from his arch enemy, but maybe he wanted to make up with me, so he went. The host comes into the party, and he looks around at all of his friends, and one thing catches his eye. He sees his sworn enemy, Bar Kamtsa, sitting and eating his food and drinking his wine, and it got him very upset. And he made a, a beeline straight for Bar Kamtsa, and he says, what are you doing here at my party? You're not invited. He says, but I, I got an invitation. He says, yeah, it was a mistake. Out. He says, everybody's here. The whole community is here. All the Rabbanim are sitting at the dais. You can't do this to me. Please just let me stay. No. Out. He says, listen, I'll pay for whatever the meal costs. Just send me a bill afterwards. I'll pay whatever. No. I'll pay for half of the suda. You made a $100,000 party here. I'll give you $50,000. No. 
Okay, I'll pay for everything. I'll give you $100,000. Just let me stay. Laman Hashem. He says, no. Out. And he walks by the table, the dais with all the Rabbanim, and the Rabbanim didn't make a macha, the Gemara says. And he says, I was humiliated in public, and the rabbis didn't say a word. No one stood up for me. And now I'm going to get my comeuppance. And he went and he mastered to the powers of Rome. And one thing led to another. The Gemara goes through exactly what happened step by step. And eventually that led directly to the Churban Bayis. The Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. Akamso bar kamso, charva Yerushalayim. And I want to dissect the Gemara a little bit, and I think we're going to hopefully get a great takeaway if we can do that. So I understand Bar Kamta. I can relate to him. I think we could all relate to him. Did it ever happen that somebody that was in the neighborhood, was in the community, somebody that you considered maybe to be a friend of yours, was making a simcha and you're waiting for the invitation and it's five weeks before the chasna and it doesn't come and it's four weeks before the chasna and it doesn't come and now it's two weeks and one week and it doesn't come and all of a sudden it dawns on you that you weren't invited. Did that ever happen to anybody? How does that feel? It's very, very, very hurtful. It's very hurtful. You feel scorned, you feel excluded, you feel hurt. Barkamsa comes to the meal, he thought he was invited, and then he's there and then they disinvite him. That's taking it to a whole new level. And in front of everybody, he was embarrassed, he was humiliated, and not one person could come and stand up and say, let him stay. And all of his friends, Yarbal of Rehim, let people come and, and tell the host, this isn't Lezu Aderech, this is not what Klai Yisrael does. We don't do this. We don't throw people out of parties. And because of that, that feeling of exclusion, it led Bar Kamsa to do things that are indescribable and obviously we can't justify it. We have to, if that would ever happen to us, we hopefully would would just be able to be saivalet, to absorb it, and to deal with it, and to learn a lesson from it, to get musr from it, perhaps. But I understand Bar Kamsa. I could totally relate to him and how he would somehow be driven to do this. I was just thinking today, perhaps a chiddish, how did the... How did the shliach mess this up so badly? I told you kamsa. I didn't say bar kamsa. Perhaps the pshat is, maybe it's a chasidish pshat, maybe it's emes, chasidish pshatim are emes, by the way, but I'm just saying maybe it's a, the litvak could also be happy with it, that maybe when the shliach heard the host say, I want you to invite kamsa, you know what he was hearing in his ear? Bar. I want you to exclude somebody from my party. 
I'm making a party and I'm bedavka excluding somebody. There's a bar. Bar means excluding somebody. So he heard kamtsa, but he also heard bar kamtsa. You don't want somebody to come to your party. That person was bar kamtsa, but he mixed it up in his brain and he went to bar kamtsa and he invited him. The purpose of this party was not just to make a feast, it was also to show people, show the enemy that you're not invited to my party. I'm not inviting you. That's very hurtful. And we have to learn from that. But what's the cheshben of the host? What I want to talk about today is let's try to understand the mindset of the host. Okay, you don't have to invite everybody to your party. That's understood. But once a person is at your party, let him stay. You don't like him, let him stay. He's offering even to pay for his own meal, to pay for half the suda, for the entire suda. What's your problem with him? And I think that the pshat is that we, in our lives, need everything perfect. We're perfectionists. If I am making a suda, if I'm making an affair, that means I want the band, and I want the band exactly the way I want it. I want the right amount of, of guitar players and drummers, and I want the exact singer that I want, and then I want them to play just the types of music that I want. I want the food to be just so. I want it to be served this way and that way. I want the napkins and the tablecloths to match. I want the flowers. I want everything perfect. And this extends to the guest list. I need at my chasna or at my bar mitzvah or at my simcha, I need only people that fit my exact mold. If you're like me and you're my chavra and you're people that I get along with and that you're on my, my, my social status and we daven in the same shul and we go to the same dafyami, I'm going to invite you to my chasna. But if you're not if you're a person that somehow doesn't fit in, you're not my type, you don't have my ashkafas, you don't have my values, you don't wear the same hat as I do, we don't match, then I don't want you by my simcha. And if you come to my simcha, I will ask you to leave because you're staring my entire simcha. I can't rejoice. I can't enjoy my simcha because there's something imperfect about it. And that imperfection is that you're here. And I don't want you here. I think we could call this the Haman plague. Haman was somebody, as we know, that had everything going for him. He was the most powerful man after the king in Shushan and in all of the nations of the world. The Kufchav Zayin Medinas, the 127 countries. Haman was it. He was very wealthy, very powerful. He had a beautiful family. He had everything going for him. And he was not able to enjoy it. All this is nothing to me. It's worthless. It's not that I have 99% of my life perfect and I have 1% imperfection. I'm going to learn to, how to make it bottle b'rive. If I don't have that one thing, if, if Mordechai, that Jew, does not bow down to me, 
then everything that I have is for naught. I don't consider it worth a mashahu. It's worthless to me. My entire... But Haman, look at you. You're so powerful. You're so wealthy. You have everything. What do you want? Give it up. Forget about that. No. If I can't have everything, then it's all worth nothing. This is Haman's plague. And this, I believe, is what plagued this host that we don't even know his name. He comes into his party. I want every single person at my party to be exactly the person that I want to be at my party. And if this one guy, Bar Kamsa, is here, he's ruining my entire party. He could pay for the whole party. I don't care. It's not a party anymore if he's here. It's not allowing me. His presence is not allowing me to enjoy the, the simcha. I excluded him. He was bar. He was excluded from my party. I don't want him. I bedafka do not want him at the party. It's only a party because he's not here. And this is something that is not just a Gemara and Gittin. This is something that happens to us every single day sometimes. That we have people in our lives that we like and then there are people in our lives that we don't like, and we cannot be saiva, we cannot tolerate having people in our lives that we don't want. And if we see them in shul, I can't daven. And if I see them at a simcha, I can't rejoice. And if I see them anywhere, they're just not my type. I get, I get nervous because they're here, because they're with me. And this is something that's so anti what a yid is. A yid is the exact opposite. A yid is supposed to include everybody in the circle. A, a yid is supposed to understand that a simcha is not a simcha unless everybody is here, unless I invite everybody. The people that I, I love and the people that I might not love so much, the people that are wealthy, the people that are poor, the people that are middle class. I want everybody. I want a sampling of everybody because when I have everybody, that's Klal Yisrael. And I want to have Klal Yisrael at my simcha. And because of that, because of that inability to understand that you should not ever look at one yid as being a shter to your simcha fakert. If the guy came and he wants to make shalom, that should be the most beautiful part of your simcha. That, that validates your simcha. If you can't understand that, then this is a churban of Yerushalayim. This is what the, the domino effect began from that moment on till the churban Beis HaMikdash. Because we weren't able to have a heart that was big enough to invite everybody into it. The Rambam writes in Hilcha Shvisus Yantif, in Perak Vav, Halacha Yurches, Ukeshu Eichal Vishaisa, when a person's eating and drinking on Yantif, Chayev Lahachil Lager Liyasem Lalmana Imsharanim Hamalam. Who do we invite by our Tarsudas? We like inviting people. If we if we have guests, I want people that are that I'm comfortable with, that I'm friends with, that I have uh, something to talk to about. I don't want to invite people that are strangers. I don't want people that are, that are misfortunate. They're going to bring me down. I want to have a, a big party on Yantiv. So the Rambam writes very clearly, it's halacha, that if a person 
is eating and drinking on Yantef, he is obligated to feed along with him Aniem, Gerim, Yisaimim, Almanus, and all the misfortunate people of society. And the Ramam continues, But somebody who locks the doors of their courtyard. And he makes a nice little personal suda, him, his wife, his children, and that's it. Everybody else is locked out of his yantiv meal. And he does not invite poor people and bitter people. In the immortal words of the Rambam, this is not a simchas mitzvah. Don't pat yourself on the back that you made such a beautiful sudas yantiv because you happen to have had delicacies at your meal. The greatest delicacy is the guest list. Who did you invite? Who did you spread the joy to? Who did you include in your simcha and your yantif? We don't leave people out. That's not what a yid does. We don't lock people out of, the, out of our courtyards. We invite them in. Come in, you're invited. And if not, it's a simchas kresa, it's a gastronomical feast. We're living in society that we're so into what we eat, everything, the food is the, is the whole, the whole Shulchan Aruch is now about food and cookbooks and meals and restaurants, that's the whole thing. It's just Simchas Kresa, you have nothing from that, that's just for the belly. What about the heart? What about the mind? What about the neshama? The neshama cares about who you're inviting. Who are you including in your Simcha? Who's dancing with you in your circle? How many people did you include, did you invite in? And when we could do that, that's, that's tremendous godless. That's tremendous godless. I want to tell you a story about a great godel. His name was Remendel Kaplan. And Remendel Kaplan was a a great Talmud Chacham, he was Rosh Hashiva in Philadelphia, in Skokie. He was a Talmud of Rebbe Hanan. He was a great Talmud Chacham. But perhaps a greater, greater than a Talmud Chacham, he was a great Tzaddik. And there's a whole book that Arsko published called Rebbe Mendel and His Wisdom. And if you want to learn a lot about a Gadol and a, a, the amazing facets of this man, it's very worthwhile to get that book. But Reb Mendel used to invite to his Shabbos table every week, Aniyim, very impoverished people, very poor people. And oftentimes, people that are very poor or homeless, they don't smell so good. Kiyadua. And it didn't matter to Reb Mendel. He brought them in off the streets and he gave them chol and b'chleida b'atzma. He would feed them and he would give them wine and give them drinks and give them food and give them everything that they want to make them feel a little bit good about themselves. And he did this every Shabbos and he did it every Yantif. Mamish, like the Ramam says, and one day, his daughter, Reb Mendel's daughter, who was at all of these sudas, she tells her father, very honestly, and it's hard to blame her. She says, Tati, listen, 
She says, I've been doing this for many years. I can't do this anymore. I can't. They, they, these people that you're bringing into the house, they're not clean. They reek. I just want to be able to digest my cholent a little bit on Shabbos. I just want to be able to have a nice suda. I, I love you. I know that you're the world's biggest tzaddik, but I can't do this anymore. And Remendel looks at her and he says, I understand what you're saying. I completely understand what you're saying. And you're not wrong. My cheshman is... Someday, we're going to go up to Shamayim. And we have done a lot of Averis in our lifetime, for better or for worse. We've done Averis. And we might not smell so good when we go up there. Our neshamas might also be reeking. And my hope is that because I managed to invite these people in and made them feel a little bit good about themselves, and gave them to eat, and gave them to drink, and didn't focus on their smell. I hope that someday the Rabbi Nisham will be able to bring me into his home, his inner sanctum, despite my smell. This is what he would say to his daughter, and Rabbi Yisvei, Zechitadik Levracha, who was Rashiva of Philadelphia, I don't know this for a fact, but I have read that he would repeat this story very often by Ne'ilah. When he spoke before Ne'ilah, this is the story that he would tell over for Mendel Kaplan. One of the 11 spices that are put in the Ketairis, is called Chelbana. Chelbana is a, it's a spice, it's an herb called Galbanum. And Rashi and Chumash and Shemais Lamed Lamed Gimel says that this particular herb, this spice, you'd think that all the Ketairis must be like so fragrant and so beautiful. He says this spice in particular, Rechaira, it has a terrible, terrible odor. And nevertheless, the Tyrus says, I want that spice to be part of the Katyrus. I want it in the mix. Of all the beautiful, fragrant odors, I want the spice called Chelbana to be a part of this mix. Lelamdeno, says Rashi. It's a Gemara in Krisis. Rashi brings, it's coming to teach us a lesson. It's coming to teach us an important lesson that when we gather on days like today, on Tanesim, it's very important to include, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be light. It shouldn't be like, nah, not a big deal. It should be very important for us and we should be machshevet. We should give it great importance to make sure that there is a nice mix of Yidin that we're davening with on our Tanesim. That we're giving shiurim to on our Tanesim. We want every single sample of Yid, including the Paishi Yisrael, even the sinners of Klal Yisrael, they're also invited. They also should be part of our Tanesim. 
And they should also be part of our tefillos, of our davening, when we're davening. We shouldn't be exclusionary. We shouldn't be the bar. We shouldn't be looking to push people away and say they're not part of us. They're not invited to our minyan. They're not invited to our shiurim. They're not invited to our tanesim. We have a very exclusive club here, membership required. And if you don't meet the criteria of frumkeit, of, of, of hashkafa, of, of party affiliation, then you're not part of us. This isn't a regular Gemara. This is HaKadosh speaking. This is from the Chumash. And this is what HaKadosh Hashkafa is. I want you to include everybody. I want you to not only have big Tamidecham and big Tzadikim, big Rebbes, Chashava Tzidkaniyas. I want everybody in the mix. Don't get into this mode of the Baal Simcha that if people that are not fitting my criteria are, are in my suda, they're not a suda. It's not a suda. It's not a simcha. Out. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, in. I want you as part of my suda. I want you in on these days of Tanesim when we're supposed to be learning lessons about the Churban Beis HaMikdash. And we're supposed to be able to open our hearts and our minds to be able to see what are we doing wrong? Isn't that the point of us coming here tonight and fasting to be able to see what we're doing wrong, to try to change ourselves a little bit. And I think that one of the things that, personally, I definitely need to change, and maybe some of you are also this way, is that we have to be able to look at every Yid as being chashev, and not exclude anybody. They might not exactly subscribe to our brand of Yiddishkeit, doesn't matter. If they're a Yid, they're a Yid, they're invited. We embrace them. We love them. The Nitziv wrote a very famous hakdama to his Pirish, his super commentary called Hamik Dover. And on Bereshis, at the first page of Bereshis, he writes Hakdama Lasefa Bereshis, and he says the following. He says that the Yidin that lived during the Zman of the Chorban Bayis, sometimes you might mistakenly believe that these were people that were Rishayim, these were people that were, you know, very bad people, probably didn't learn anything, probably hardly davened, they probably weren't in any way righteous, they weren't doing mitzvahs. They were probably very bad people. And that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought the Chorban. The Nitziv says that's not the case. The Nitziv says that they were tzaddikim, he says, v'chasidim, the amalei taira. These were people that toiled greatly in taira. They were tzaddikim. They were chasidim. They did everything Right. Superficially, if you look at them, if you look at the generation of the Churban Beis HaMikdash, you would see very wonderful people. So what was their fault? What did they do that deserved the Churban? Ach, lo'hoyo yisharim pa'alichais o'ilamim. Mibnei sinas chinam, shebelibam ze'adzeh. Chashvu es mishero'u, 
They weren't glot. They weren't yesharim. They didn't see things straight. They were very... They were twisted and they were distorted in their perception of people. They were very good with their gemaras. They were very good with their sidurim. They were very good with their chavra. But when it came to looking at other people with the right set of eyes, everything changed. They looked at people, says the Nitziv, that were not like them. If they were acting in ways that were shalaykadaitam, they weren't bad people. I'm not looking at people that were necessarily, they just don't have my value system. They dive in a different shul, maybe they have a different color yarmulke, they wear a different color shirt than I do, they wear their brim down instead of up, or up instead of down, or they don't wear a hat at all. People that are not exactly in sync with me, and they don't have my brand of Yerush Hashem, they didn't go to my yeshiva, they don't learn the type of svarim that I learn, I'm not in the same, uh, I'm not, uh, they're a member of a different political faction. Immediately, you know what conclusion the people in the time of the Beis Mikdash jumped to? That they weren't just like different than me. They were tzedaiki v'apikairis. I considered them a tzedaiki and apikairis, people that are literally like uh, people that didn't believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Rachman al-Tzan. But of course they did believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But in my warped mind, they didn't believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu because they're different than me. I'm perfect. We define normalcy by me. And if you're not exactly in my point on the spectrum of normalcy, then you're not normal. You're abnormal. If you're abnormal, then you're, you must be an apikairis. And if you're an apikairis, I don't want you at my simchas. I don't want you at my chastas, my bar mitzvahs, at my, my siyumim. You don't rank. You don't, it's not, you're not for me. And this is exactly what caused the churim bias. This is... Kamtso bar kamtso, charv Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim was destroyed because of this particular Aveir. This isn't an Aveir that, you know, we're choosing, uh, you know, from a hundred different Aveiras. This is obviously a major, major focal point of Shivasabatamas and Tishabav, the three weeks, are all hinging on this particular misunderstanding, this distorted view that we all sometimes have and we harbor that if somebody is not like me, out. You're not part of the party. And if you're not part of the party, then, then I have nothing to do with you, and I could disgrace you, I could humiliate you, I could throw you out. Barabbim, it's a mitzvah. I did a mitzvah. I got him out of my party. Of course. I'm a tzaddik. We have to open up our minds and open up our hearts. We don't have enough yidden in the world to be so exclusionary. There's not so many Jews out there that are Shemitah Mitzvahs. We surround ourselves with them, so we think there must be billions of them. But how many people that are really Shemitah Mitzvahs are there in the, in the entire world? Not so many. Do we have the right, do we have the ability to look down on other people and to judge other people and to marginalize people that aren't exactly us? We don't have that luxury. That's called sinas chinam. And obviously, the way to rectify the sinas chinam is as all the svar makdashim write, Chavit Chaim and many others, through abbas chinam, through being able to see Yidin with pure eyes. Don't look at how they smell, don't look at how they look, 
just understand that a Yid is a Yid and I love him just for being a Yid. It's not exactly me, that's fine. It makes the party much more beautiful. They bring, every type of Yid brings something new to the table. A Chassid brings something that a Litva can't and a Yekka brings something that a, a Svardi can't and a Svardi brings something that a... Everybody brings something to the table that's unique. Our Minhagim and our Hashkafis and our Halachis and our, our fealty to the Rabbanisha and we all bring something and together like the Samamanim, we have a beautiful aroma, but don't exclude anybody. We don't have the ability, Laman Hashem, to exclude anybody. And if we could focus on this Yisait, I think, Mirza Hashem, we won't have to have a Tisha B'Av in a couple of weeks. Well, Mirza Hashem, B'Nepach, Me'evel Yantif. It's going to be Karal Aymayed. HaKadosh Baruch is going to finally dis- declare that Tisha B'av is the most beautiful of Yom Taivim because it means that we're going to be able on that Yantiv to include everybody, to not make a Simcha's Kresai, but to make a Simcha that is the Rabbi Shalom's type of Simcha, that includes every single type of person. The Aniyim, the Almanas, the Yisayimim, the Nitzrachim, everybody is included. And when everybody's included, that's an Emesa Yiddish Simcha. Thank you very much.